0: Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to Modernizer Die, CFML News Edition. We're up to episode 132. That's January 25th, 2022. And I've got the great Luis Mahano joining me today. Welcome.
1: Yeah. How are you, sir?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, A few more people showed up today. I wonder if that's because they wanted to hear the Luis talk about all the great boxiness. Well, uh... First of all, I just want to uh, thank our sponsors. So, thank you, Luis, with Auto Solutions, because uh, obviously, without uh, Auto Solutions, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast. Uh, so, you guys, really great to to be able to have us do this, and we're really, you know, really thankful that we can do this for everybody here. What's a few ways they can say thanks back to Auto Solutions?
1: Many, 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 many ways, Gavin. But uh, some of the easy ways is just please like and subscribe to our videos on YouTube. Um, the more subscribers you get uh, the better so please do so it only takes a, a click away you can star and 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 fork our all our repositories on github that helps us a lot as well and helps the language as well so that's important you can subscribe to our podcast of, of course and and leave us some reviews that would be fantastic or things that we can improve on right just the good stuff oh. and uh, you can of course sign up for our uh sas accounts for CF Casts and forgebox Fortress had a big makeover, so if you haven't checked it out in a bit, there's tons of business accounts, features for you, or if you work with multiple developers, tracking activity logs, all kinds of cool stuff, so get your hands on it as well. And if you become a patron, you get access to both, so which is pretty cool. And of course, our, our book, the 102 Colbox uh, HMBC Quick Tips and Tricks is available, of course, uh, we're gonna. I'm going to be revising it actually pretty soon here. I'm uh, also going to be revising the CFML uh, book, the modern CFML book as well. And should we tell them about the sneak peek of what you're doing, Gavin?
0: Yeah, well, we keep teasing that we're going to have Brad's uh, command box, 103 tip, quick tips and tricks. And so I decided let's just build a repo right now and get this thing started because he's tweeting and he's always tweeting all these little tips. I'm like, I can yeah. start writing his book for him by just copying and pasting his... Uh, his his tweets basically into there. So uh, we got that started today. So now we have a repo. So we're getting closer. Getting closer. If we get maybe 50, Brad will get inspired one day and do the rest. So we're going to give him a jump start here. So we're hoping that we'll get that book out sometime. Uh, Yeah, no, no,
1: definitely. Uh, Now that we have a repo, we'll start all hacking at it. But, you know, obviously supporting us, you know, helps the the podcast, helps the, the language. And, you know, we have all kinds of, of tools and commercial updates that you guys can help us with.
0: Yep, and then of course, um, we want to thank our patron supporters too, because we have 37 patrons providing 96% of the funding for this podcast. So basically almost the whole podcast is funded by Patreon, which means orders has more funds to be able to do other things like Forgebox and Commandbox and Coldbox and all the other open source projects and everything else we were doing. So, you know, that that's really a, a big a big plus for us and we really appreciate that. And so much, at the end of the show, we'll give you a rundown of those uh, those little perks. Louise mentioned a couple of them, but there are a few other perks for being a Patreon supporter and we'll go through those names too. Okay, well, let's get into the news. So, uh... Luis, what do we got coming up next week?
1: we got a great webinar coming up with Grant Copley. Um, he's going to be talking about CB Wire. So if you guys have not heard about CB Wire, it is a port that we've done to CFML and ColdFusion, uh, just like Larabel Wire and uh, Lar- what's it called, LaraWire? What's it Live Wire. Livewire. Live Wire. Wire. I always get them confused uh with alpine one of my favorite new javascript modern javascript libraries that i've been working with so it's going to be really really cool to actually show you how to actually build modern and reactive uh cofusion applications without uh basically learning a new javascript framework um it works over the wire just like the name uh expresses so that it's it, it's our requests that help you bind uh, basically your UI to your ColdFusion backend. It is extremely fast and um, you will be really blown away of everything that you can do now with uh, CFML over the wire uh, instead of you know transitioning to a, a JavaScript framework such as Vue.js or Angular or React. It just uh, really, really helps out. So I'm really excited for, for Grant to be showcasing all the cool stuff that we unveiled uh, last year and in into the box. So this webinar, um, is really interesting for those of you guys that don't want to fully commit to a front-end framework, uh, you know, you still want a little bit of sparkling of, of of modern JavaScript, which we can with Alpine, which is only four kilobytes, and it gives you all kinds of reactivity and, of course, with wire. So uh, me personally, I'm very looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I was really blown away by what he did with wire previously. And so I'm kind of curious how this Alpine JS is going to tie into it, especially uh, all the stuff you're doing with Alpine JS with the content box updates and everything, too. So we're getting some good use of that. So it's view light, essentially. It looks pretty cool. Instead of a V4, you got an X4, uh, and they got a lot of the cool stuff. So, yeah, it looks really cool. Well, another bit of news, um, John Barnett posted on Twitter about starting up a new meetup group. So uh, I guess CF Hawaii is now a thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can check out, um, they've got a, a meetup group. Um, and so they're in, um, up there in uh, Waiwa, Hi, uh, I'm terrible at pronouncing the names. Yeah. Uh anyway, um they have actually have um some space at one of the one of the meetup um what do you, you know in
1: which name? island that is?
0: I'm trying to pronounce island? it. I don't know. Haiwa or something. Uh <laughs> I, I don't know where that is, but um anyway. I'm thinking they'll do some virtual stuff too. And oh, John's in the chat. Cool to see you, John. But yeah, so they've got a, um, you know uh, oh, at Sea of Hawaii why. on um on twitter now as well there's a meetup group so you guys can check him out and uh it's on the north shore that's what he says okay anyway um yeah so another little group i know that user groups kind of cold fusion there aren't too many around there's a few around so I just wanted to let you know if you're in the area uh check that out but maybe they'll do some online stuff too so we can get some uh um you know some more online meetups going as well so pretty cool and they're looking for topics so if you got any topics let them know and they'll try and get it to to work so very cool so what else we got coming up here luis
1: uh we got some adobe workshops coming up so um led by damien oh that that's a hard last name bruin
0: donks we think it is we got a we put a pronunciation thing in the show notes so we could try and pronounce it (laughs) right
1: that's a hard one so hopefully we Poacher is named by Bruin Dong.
0: Yep. Uh, We've got a couple of dates coming up. So, February 2nd, 2022. That's going to be from 9 to 4.30 uh, Central European time. There's also, I think it's Indian Standard Time, is 1 30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, so, it's the same workshops he's been giving lately, and uh, they're pretty great. I've heard good things about them. And I think there's another one in March, too, right, Luis?
1: So, March 9th um will be as well same schedule 9 to 4 30 central european time uh 1 30 to 9 uh indian standard time
0: okay and i'm going to uh post the the link so you guys can register online if you'd like to do that um heard it covers basically most of the same thing you'd get in the certification workshop so pretty cool okay well our news is pretty light but don't worry we've got some more coming we got CFCAS updates so CFcast, we just released a few, uh, a few new videos this week in our order single video series. Uh, looks like we're doing some AMI stuff, Luis.
1: Yes. Uh, these are, especially to start with the single video series, I think this is something that we wanted to do, uh, where you know we didn't want to do a full series, which obviously takes production time, takes all kinds of analysis into build and flow. So we've started the whole concept of single video series where we're going to be doing more very specific videos and actually i do have a slew of them prepared as well uh, to be creating around call box and and content box as well and command box but amis we're basically going to be doing a series on those as well uh george murphy's going to be assisting as well and we've done a lot for cloud providers and we're going to be doing even more this year so uh we're going to show you how to create accounts how to actually get even free Uh, uh, ways to basically deploy your applications, how to launch your AMIs and how to actually use VS code as your editor uh, and your CLI tooling for launching all these AMIs. So it's pretty interesting, very exciting, um, especially moving everything to the cloud, uh, everything container-based and just trying to help developers become more automated and of course modern. Um, So very interesting for me. I think this, this is so important for the CoFusion community, because, you know, I remember at one point, somebody was saying, like, there are not many hosts for CoFusion. I don't think that even matters anymore for any language. I think as long as you can have a container approach and command box, you, basically any host provider is a Fusion host provider. So being having the ability for developers to actually learn how to use these tools to develop their apps and deploy them is really essential.
0: Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing, a lot of companies that move away from ColdFusion because they're their deployment team, their DevOps team doesn't know ColdFusion, but they don't need to. They just need to know how to do Docker. So, yeah, I think it's great too. So one of the create account, one is free. The couple of ones you have to have the paid subscription, I believe. Um, but we'll be releasing more of those videos coming up. Um, and then we have, um, the into the box, um, Videos as well. So we have Into the Box of Tamas coming soon. I think all the Into the Box from this last September um, is already there and available for free now. So uh, a lot of great content up on CFcast. So if you want to check it out, go to cfcast.com. Okay, next up, we have some conferences and it's the start of the year, so we don't have too many, but I think we have a Vue.js one coming up soon, right, Luis?
1: Yes, I actually wanted to uh, give you another one real quick. Um, so maybe can you do the Vue.js one? I'll give you the other one that we're going to be with Brad as well.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, Vue.js um, Nation is going to be on January 26th and 27th. It's registered for free online at Viewjsnation.com. I believe it's a European time zone, um, but that'll be um, pretty neat. And so uh, it's online. Uh, the call for speakers just ended. So um, hopefully we'll be hearing some of those speakers being announced here pretty soon. And then uh, you guys are actually attending one. Uh, are you guys speaking at this one, or what's the deal?
1: Yes. So, we're very excited to go back to Atlanta for DevNexus. So, DevNexus has been one of my favorite conferences, apart from Into the Box, of course. But uh, this is a full Java developer conference. Uh, I think it's one of the biggest Java conferences in the world. And um, we always try to attend. And this year, it's going to be in person again. Uh, hopefully now that everybody has gotten Omicron and everybody's getting antibodies, we're probably uh, going to be nice. So April 12th to the 14th in Atlanta. Uh, actually, uh, Brad uh, got selected for a topic and myself as well. So we will be presenters at DevNexus this year as well. Um, and it's it's just a great conference. If you are in that area, I, I really encourage you. It's not very expensive. Uh, tons of vendors, uh, tons of ways to network, but most importantly, the the, the caliber of the speakers is just really amazing. Uh, the uh, uh, Patrick and, and and Vincent Myers that run the the conference, they do a fantastic job. I actually think they do the VJS conference as well, they do all kinds of conferences as a, for a living. But I would highly encourage developers to to go here. Uh, it's all about the JVM, everything about the JVM. So really encouraging.
0: Cool. So, uh, obviously, you guys are speaking at DevNexus, and then, um, yeah, do, what do you have any dates for into the box yet?
1: Yes. So I was actually writing it down here for you, Gavin. So uh, we have some dates for into the box. Uh, I'm gonna write them right now. September. We're thinking twenty seventh to the thirtieth. So back to in person, but this year we want to do more of the of the usual trainings that we always do. Oh. So. So 27 to the 30th is what we're thinking for uh, Into the Box uh, 2022 here in uh, Houston. However, we might have a new venue, Gavin, that I'm going to go check out and scope out pretty oh, yeah. soon. Yeah,
0: I heard uh, we're, we're going to be maybe testing it out for our little oldest retreat since uh, yes. we haven't had a retreat in a couple of years. Thanks, COVID. It, uh, so it, we want to <laughs> try something out, huh?
1: It rhymes with margarita. There you go.
0: Uh, does it rhyme? I think it actually is. Read it. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, it looks like a really cool venue. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to, to see what you find out there and uh, see if they're willing to work with us as a conference, but very cool. Um, so yeah, Charlie said he missed it, but no, Into the Box 2022 is looking to be late in September. So 27th through 30th is the, the, Dates at this time, we're obviously got to confirm, but that's what we're looking at. So uh, we will be doing trainings this year as well, as we said, not just the conference. We want to try and get our workshops back because a lot of people missed those workshops last year. So
1: definitely.
0: Yep. So so far, that's the the news we have on that, and then uh, we're always having into the box of the tam December. Uh, we'll tell you more about that as we get get there as well. But so uh, yeah, we're we're already planning planning away so that is it for more conferences if you want to get on there you can look at a great little site for uh, all your conference needs and a lot of different options there okay so blogs tweets and videos of the week so first up we have one from charlie about some java updates right luis
1: yeah so charlie has an all the new updates released from java 8 11 and 17. so i have not had a chance to read all of it yet but you know, from the show notes that we have here, it's basically the new long-term uh, LTS releases of Oracle uh, Oracle Java uh, are available. So, highly uh, encourage everybody to upgrade. Uh, if you're in command box, you can just say open JDK and then the number, and that's it. You're going to get actually upgraded. So, highly encourage you to get those security fixes and uh, your apps tested on it.
0: Yep. Just for those who are watching, um, I have my uh, screen shared and Charlie does mention you can get the Java updates from Adobe now. You should not use um, for now um, Java 17. So basically, yeah, avoid that one. But other than that, uh, Charlie's got a lot of information. You know, should you apply it? How soon? If there are any changes? So there's a few different things in there. So uh, it mentions how the TLS versions Change may affect you, etc. So, always read the show notes and uh, and then get those links. We'll be sending them out in the chat for those who are watching as well.
1: Java yeah, so, seventeen still has some issues. Um, they've done a lot of changes on the internal APIs as well. So, um, I would stay a little bit away from it yet. But uh, we've gotta get all the vendors up and running with seventeen.
0: Yeah, eventually we'll get there. I know it's it's pretty tough. They do a lot of changes when they roll these out. Um, Okay, next up, this was an interesting one, uh, it's from Ben Nadell, and so he's basically been looking at, um, trying to get his lighthouse numbers up for his blog, because he's been re- rebuilding it, you know, from the ground up, so he went from Cold Fusion, and now he's sort of looking into more detail, into, um things like CDNs so he's actually tried out this Cloudflare CDN which has a really big free option I use them for DNS because it's nice to have DNS separated from my domains and they're really good Um, and they have a lots of other features I know Luis has some we can talk about later but um, one of the things he was doing was using the CDN for his uh, javascripts and images and CSS etc and so basically he's been working really hard for those watching you can see he got to a point where he had hundreds. 100 for performance accessibility best practices and seo without the web app but basically it was at 100 because of uh the cdn changes so um pretty cool and again it's 100 free for his volume of usage and if ben's blog is uh in the 100 percent free tier then yours probably is too because we know ben's a champ so uh if <laughs> if he's that good and still in that tier um you should be safe too, but pretty cool. So he sort of goes through the process and how he migrated to it and and whatnot. So pretty neat, but I know we use Cloudflare for orders for a lot of stuff, right?
1: Yeah, we do, and I love Cloudflare and we don't work for Cloudflare. We don't get any money from Cloudflare. We just think it's an amazing product uh, and they keep expanding, which is really nice into other areas of, you know, that you need as a developer. And, And what I love the most is that it's outside of your infrastructure. It's kind of the first line of defense uh, they kind of just started as um, you know with the CDN capabilities, but they also have WAF capabilities. They, they have the ability to monitor your site. We use it for Forgebox uh, all the time to make sure that we keep nasty things away. Uh, we also use it for uh, leveraging for in- introspecting into packages and stuff. So there's lots of tools, lots of things available in Cloudflare. They have a free tier, which can be more than enough for a small site. But there's also obviously the paid ones which have more features, so uh, I really recommend the software for all kinds of uh, web development,
0: yep, yeah. and then um the other thing too is if you actually uh use their for um dNS and everything, I mean they have a lot of stuff in there for free, but locally, if you want to use them instead of google uh one dot one dot one dot one, 1. It's pretty easy to remember their DNS number instead of Google's 8.8.8.8. But they don't track you in whatever, like Google. So they're they're big on the privacy thing, too. So anyway, next up, we have a, a blog post from Will. Will is talking about Logbox. So I thought this would be right up your alley, Luis. Yeah.
1: So uh, basically, it's a very uh, dear to my heart kind of topic. Uh, very geeky about logging, but it's, it's really essential. That's really why I created Logbox is that there wasn't really a robust framework for logging for cfml apps and uh in logbox just so people know you don't have to be using coldbox to use it this is a standalone library basically to give you robust logging capabilities for your apps uh it does not use log4j right it does not use a uh, so 4 j right it just is built on pure cfml uh, however you can extend it to use log4j if you want and Bill is, is basically going and, and he's going to actually be doing a series on all kinds of things logbox. Uh, he's assisting with the documentation. We want to make it more friendlier for developers to get into, into logging. Um, logging can get very complex um, and he tries to decompose all different parts of how logbox works basically from the appender which is basically a destination, right? Uh, that can be a console, it can be a socket, it can be an email, it can be a database, it can be log 4 j right? It can be anything else. And then he also describes how to format messages, right? So they can actually take shape and customize them as you, as you want them. So uh, very cool blog post. Will as always is, goes into very, very good detail uh, into things. He, he, he's very curious. I love that about him, Uh, even though I don't love that he, sometimes I get like a thousand tickets from him because he's very (laughs) curious, right? But uh, uh, it's gonna be a great series that he's doing. So I really encourage you guys, if you haven't done any type of robust logging for your apps, take a look at it. Um, I also wanna talk to Vils, maybe he can do some blogging about Stashbox, which is our companion for logging. So uh, maybe something that we can talk about as a webinar too, right, Gavin?
0: Yeah. That's a good thing though. Like you said, he may give you a lot of tickets, but he also gives you pull requests and documentation pull requests too. So we like those guys. If you're if you're putting a lot of tickets in and you're you know willing to, to help out, that's even better. So yeah, it's great. We we really like Phil and uh, we enjoy having him speak at our conference too. So if like you said, if they if they let us let him in this year, because obviously travel with COVID was bad, <laughs> he couldn't make it last year. So maybe if they if they let him in this year, he might be speaking again to the box later uh-huh. this year. Hopefully, hopefully.
1: Papa Biden will, will, will let people in by, by September. That's our hope.
0: Yep. So we also had a, a tweet from uh, James Moberg. Uh, this one here grabbed my attention because, you know, working on Mac and working on Linux, everybody uses Async for everything. And uh, sometimes people in ColdFusion will use it. We'll see if execute. But he was talking about fast copy 4, which I've never heard of. But... uh he actually uses this with Fusion um, over the built-in Java windows, DOS commands. It's faster for syncing, file logging, and all that stuff. So I actually asked him if he's used like WinRoboCopy because I use that locally and I use rClone, which I uh, gave some hints to a few people about using rClone. And so this one is a, a pretty nice little tool. It's an interesting site, but he's been using it for a long time. So uh, if you check it out, um, it might be a, a good little tool. And then in that, tweet thread. I want to ask him some questions. He gave me some more feedback and about, um, you know, different things. So he uses Terracopy and a couple other things as well. So if you're looking for a faster better sync, uh, yeah, have a look at those. Pretty, pretty nice and neat. Um, so definitely worth checking out. And then after that, we have another one from, um, Ben Adele. And this one's talking about, uh, how he uses his um, GitHub gist, but had run into some issues with cores, so that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I started reading about it, and he's basically reverting back to instead of you know using the traditional kind of JavaScript you know embed to basically leverage it with a Colbox proxy, right? So a Cobalt proxy with a Cold proxy. So um, it's very interesting. I love how, how Ben is always so curious and tries different things. So. Yeah. Maybe. I
0: thought, I thought it was pretty interesting because he used, um, instead of, you know, cause normally if you include it, you use the JS link and yeah. d- use documents.write, but if you use the JSON, it'll give you just straight JSON back and you can do what you want with it. All um, right. and so he's using file read binary and that actually reads the URL, which is pretty interesting that you can just basically give it a URL and the file read binary will take that and read it and, you know, and then that way you avoid the cause.
1: Yeah, actually, I think that that was an update they did in in CFML uh, engines to support the multiple resources. So in all reality, that file read binary, anything that reads files can can use the different prefixes such as HTTPS, HTTP can use S3, they can use RAM. So basically, this is one of the beauties of of CFML is that we can actually talk to multiple, you know, uh, basically resource providers, as I think that that's called in Lucy. Uh, right? And I think Adobe supports it as well. So um, it's a really cool feature of the language. I don't know if many people knew about it, but um, you can actually use those type of of prefixes or resource prefixes to reach multiple destinations and leverage the traditional file uh, manipulation uh, functions in CFML to use them.
0: Yeah, I know Lucy did that quite some time ago, but I mean, I think he's using ColdFusion Fusion 2021, even so, yeah. it's nice to see that Adobe's got that type of stuff too. So pretty neat.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the cool thing, you know, comparing them is that Lucy will have the advantage here because you can actually write your own. So we can actually create an extension and create our own resource providers as well. I wish Adobe would allow us to do that. So if you're you're listening, anybody in Adobe, provide a way for for developers to actually create different resources as well
0: yep that would be cool okay well speaking of adobe um mark takata from adobe was talking about um his graphql video that he did at cf summit just just recently and then uh he said during that presentation you know he did some basics with the graphql and the air tables but they wanted some more examples because he you know obviously in one session you don't have that much time so he spent some time here to go back and actually fill in the sort of the rest of the crud commands and to give you that that so he's using graphql to write to an air table using the baseql plugin now which i thought was interesting i heard rumors that adobe's looking at possibly doing some graphql for the next version of adobe call fusion is that something you've heard anything about yet luis
1: I have not. I have not. Obviously, you know, I was out on holiday and then got slammed with COVID and was basically out of the US and out of the loop for a bit. But um, I have not. Obviously, we've, we've investigated GraphQL for quite a, a, some time. Um, I'm divided, to tell you the truth. I think that GraphQL had its, its high. I don't know if it's in its high anymore. So uh, even if they do implementations, we're kind of iffy to do. So I would be very curious what they do with it and if they feel that this is something to go with. So... I wouldn't say I'm excited. I would say I am cautiously excited.
0: Yeah, well, that's what someone was was excited, and I think in the the order Slack channel, and they said, "Well, if they're gonna create it, uh, they're, they're really eager to see it." I'm like, "Well, that means Lucy won't have the same version if they have it at all." And then I'm like, "It's probably gonna be built on you know some type of data access layer, and their data access layer is Hibernate, and we've all love and hate Hibernate." So, um, yeah, that's. That's kind of interesting, but I'm kind of curious where it's going to go and how they'll use it and how they'll tie into it for sure. So,
1: Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic about this, This, but uh, yeah, it will be very interesting to see how they approach it. Yep.
0: Okay, what do we have up next?
1: <clears throat> All right, we, we have uh, Mr. Brad Wood, our very own Brad Wood, uh, tweeting about command box uh, server rules. So I don't know, let me load up the tweet and I want to see what predicate language he wrote. Uh, oh, he just basically went to the rule examples. Ah. So um, this is actually a feature that we have exposed in CommandBox, which I believe takes it to yet just another level of how our tooling in, in, in ColdFusion and CFML is just um, overtaking other languages. And this basically taps into uh, into Undertow. So Undertow has a predicate language, uh, a DSL, a domain specific language, to actually deal with requests and responses, right? So Brad and the team basically exposed that predicate language that you can basically add to your server.json. And it lets you do incredible things from rewrites to basically intercepting expressions uh, and setting headers, setting automatic response headers, automatic uh, features that you can do with it. Uh, and he links uh, into a bunch of examples that he's been you know, collecting through time. There's a lot. So uh, I really, really um, would encourage folks that are leveraging Command Box to read uh, these examples. You can read them in about 10 minutes. It's it's just one page. And it'll give you a really good insight into what you can do with the predicate language. In all reality, there's no more need for a web server. Um, You know, we're doing so much to basically, you can leverage everything that you did with a web server. Yeah. And more.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just like how detailed all the examples are. So if I actually do want to figure something out, there's quite a few examples there and I can probably figure the rest out myself.
1: Yeah, so. and you can even do a reverse proxy. So that's something that can be very interesting for people. You can even leverage CommandBox as a load balancer, right? So And these are the areas that we're exploring for the future of CommandBox um, to give you the ability for you to actually being able to start up multiple Command box instances with load balancing and uh, reverse proxy. So, um, really take a look at it. It will be very interesting. And of course, feedback is always uh, fantastic.
0: Yep. Okay, next up, we have a tweet from Zach Spitzer. So this one always gets people, but the scope cascading rules in CFML can be a bit complicated. He's updated the Lucy test case for disabling search results for unscoped query access to document and test the various scenarios. And today he learned that the rules are different in a CFC versus a CFM. And so this is uh, his little pull request here, but he follows it up here with some updates to the documentation. so the scopes documentation here so you can find out a little bit more about them. Because you've got a lot of different scopes. Local scopes, request scopes, query scopes, global scopes. Um and then yeah. I, I know that one time when I upgraded Cold Fusion between nine and ten, I believe, they changed the order of certain ones, but only in CFMs and not CFCs and there was a few yeah. other things. And so pays to be uh pretty explicit just to make sure that you don't get caught out with that stuff so but anyway so he had fun with that and so he's you know adding more tests to lucy which is always good and updating the doc so even better so i just wanted to share that because it sometimes will bite people so
1: yeah i think that you always have to remember that you know cfcs came after the fact right so cfms were first so you know, CFCs obviously behave differently, so it's it's dealing with that encapsulation, and it has to be it has to be different, right? Yep. So, very yep. important one actually. Come and bite you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and those are the weird ones too, because it worked in one version and not the other, and then it works. Everything works just differently, and yeah, those those are hard ones to catch because, yep, cascading can really really get you when you don't expect it.
1: It can so. even be a security risk, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you're looking at the wrong places.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we got one more tweet from Brad. What has he been tweeting about this time?
1: <laughs> Brad always is, is useful. But uh, that's, that's actually just a, a comment he was making about how write dump is really smart in, in Lucy. And um, I, I really do like that. Um, it's, it's basically trying to, to determine the types of the objects that are being sent into it in order to display them in a much more user-friendlier manner. Um, I think write dump is one of the best and mostly widely used uh, functions and tags uh, ever, right? Uh, I, I know that I always try to recreate those in JavaScript because they don't exist, right? So um, it's very important to point out that it, you know Lucy tries to be very smart and, and helpful for developers to to show you all the different uh, types of objects that are available to you, such as time zones, locales, calendars, daytime objects, which are always very confusing in the JVM.
0: Yeah, he's sharing. Uh, I'm sharing my screen for those watching, but he has a, a, a gist or gist, whatever you want to call them, um, that has a few different options. And this is what it looks like in Lucy. And if we use try-see, we can change the type, and if we come over to like Adobe 2021, we could try and run it over there and we'll see the difference. But see, the time zone shows up here in the calendar mode versus this, you get a dump of the Java object, which is not as friendly as what you'd like. (laughs) And so that's what he means. You know, just like, really, we should look and say, oh, they're trying to dump it. They probably don't actually want the object. They probably want the data inside of it. Like, so why can't we just display it the smart way? So yeah. I'm
1: wondering if he actually created a ticket for Adobe to actually improve their dumps, just so everybody benefits.
0: Possibly. Yeah, so that that was again just one of those little things that Lucy does that we all like. I mean, I like the fact that you can hover your mouse over the dump and it'll tell you what file and what line it's in. It'll actually oh, yeah. like, pop up a little tooltip because sometimes you're like, "Where the heck is this dump coming from?" But you can, yeah, or the
1: it... missing abort. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that too. Yeah, there's there's some pretty cool stuff. Just little things, but those little things add up. So anyways okay well that wraps up our blogs tweets and videos of the week next up though we have find a job so we use uh get cfml jobs and they have had 30 jobs posted since uh, the end of november so that's not bad we got four new ones listed this week you want to give us a breakdown of what you see there
1: sure yeah so let's go for the first one i have a full-time software dev in overland park kansas city close to brad close to brad there's the link uh, we have another one uh, in Overland, so there's two positions available in Overland. Uh, then we have other two positions in Santa Ana, California. One is a normal web developer, and the other one is a junior web developer. So very interesting. Um, I think we're going to actually be adding some Ortus positions as well pretty soon here, Gavin. So very uh, cool. keep an eye out as well. We're in need of more developers as well. So Uh, We're going to be putting at least two positions available for Orkdus, too, pretty soon here.
0: Very cool. And then we have another link, uh, ventro.com slash careers. And uh, I did see a few others pop around on Facebook and and LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, but uh, on Twitter lately. I missed them for the show notes. But uh, if you guys see them, uh, let us know. We'll add them to the show notes. And... We'll, uh, get a few more listed there, but yeah, looks like there are so a few. Is jobs that Ventro
1: open. somebody that's looking for developers, or is that a place to post? No, they're,
0: they're looking for developers. Uh, oh, they're
1: looking for developers. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: they're in the UK, but that's a remote position. They just want to have some uh, like a, adjacent time zones at least, so that way you're you know not offset too much, but yeah. Um, like I said, I saw quite a few on the Facebook group, um, popping up lately. I just couldn't find them when I went to go back, you know, cause Facebook's Facebook, so i next time I'll make sure I should save on the show notes when I see them. Okay. So next up we have a forge box module of the week and this one we're talking about one from uh, Matthew Clemente and this one is called URL screen, uh, URL box screenshots. Ooh. So it's not
1: our product. It's not our no, box.
0: It's not our box, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty different, isn't it? We're, we're not used yeah. to that. So um, URL box screenshots. So it's a service um that you can sign up for. Um, I think he has in the in in his blog post, he had a blog post about it too, about um, you know, the pricing and everything else. But basically, um you can give it a URL and some options or whatnot, and then basically have the build URL and it will actually give you a URL, passing in your API key and your token and passing the variables it needs and it brings back that. But it's pretty neat that you can just sort of give it a URL and tell it what screenshot you want and it'll go away and do the work for you. So I know there's probably some tools out there that already do this or there's like command line tools, but um, it's pretty slick. You don't have to do anything too fancy with it and um, pretty straightforward and Matt made a nice little wrapper for you. So if you want to do some screenshots, maybe for your tests, you guys can do comparisons to see if the, you know, your code is outputting the same stuff. I know someone did that where they did like a, and their tests, the output, they took a screenshot of the site that was generated and tried to see how, how much difference if there was, you know, so much difference using some AI tool or whatever, the an image compare uh, comparison, they would basically flag it for review to make sure that somebody didn't break some styles or something pretty interesting.
1: That's actually very interesting. I'm going through their site right now. Yeah. It's like a little screenshot scraper or something.
0: Yep. And so, uh, yeah, basically it's you know pretty neat, and there is a, a node and PHP uh, repository generates URLs, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty slick. So,
1: so, so, so basically, we need the community here to go to 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 the actual link for the screenshot API, and so they can actually put Cold right next to the other languages. So, how about that? Sounds good. Because they have Ruby, Python, PHP, and JavaScript. we need a we need a CFML one there, now that it's built.
0: Yep. It looks pretty slick. We um, need
1: somebody to take the lead and, and assist here.
0: So, yeah. So that is our ForgeBox module of the week, URL box screenshots. Very cool. Next up, we have our VS Code, hints, tips, and tricks of the week. And this one I thought would be close to your heart because uh, you're a Regex lover.
1: Yes. I'm actually looking at it right now. I, I've never seen this one. I actually use a, a website. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Back in Texas, back in allergy land. Whew. But um, I actually use this website called regextester.com. Uh, I'm a huge fan of regular expressions, I'm a nerd uh, for regular expressions. So, uh, having something in VS Code actually pretty interesting. So and, yep. I'm going to definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, I know Scott Steinbeck uses the Regexer website quite often. Uh, that's yeah. a good recommendation too. Uh, but this one, it likes it just having it straight in there. If you've got your file open, you can just sort of type away and yeah, it'll just pull it up right there. It's pretty neat. Yeah, so, I
1: like that. That's really, that's really essential. So I definitely i am going to install it right now.
0: Yeah. So that's just one of those things, you know, yes, you can do it somewhere else, but sometimes it's just convenient to do it on the same screen. Um, so rejects is another one. If anybody else has any similar links or tools that they use for reject stuff, uh, post them in the chat and we'll, uh, we'll add them to the show notes too for those other ones. Luis, if you want to put your one in there, we can, uh, add that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I actually used to use one. Do you got, do you remember air? You remember Adobe air?
0: Um, yeah. I remember Adobe Air.
1: Yeah, Adobe Air had big hopes, man. I had big hopes for Adobe Air. I don't know how they messed that up. But uh, it was kind of of the first kind of like Quasar, you know, where you could build, you know, native applications into your, uh, you know, using uh, Adobe technology. So, but uh, yeah, Adobe Air had a a reggae test tool that maybe I still have in one of my PCs. But uh, I'm going to look for it now.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then Scott said he really likes how VS Code will search will actually show you the, the search results for regex in a full project search automatically too. So you've got that option to do a, a text search or a regex search, it's pretty neat.
1: Yeah, that regex 101 that I'm linking, Ryan, is pretty cool because it has a library of, of things as well. and tells you and explains the, the matching patterns as well. Cool, and then Charlie
0: oh. just shared a link that he has. Um, he has a link of a whole set of tools for regex on his site. So I'll put that one on the list as well. So pretty neat. So yeah, cool. thanks everybody for chiming in with that. But yeah, so uh, there's a lot of great tools out there and uh, this is just another one, like basically straight into your VS Code. So very cool. And then uh, I think um, Scott said he needs to make a blog post using the CF Regex versus the Java Regex to sort of compare because there are some differences too. Um, yeah, pretty neat. And then um, James... Oberg said that the 101 link supports multiple flavors of regex, and yeah, that's the thing. We've got all these different flavors, that's the biggest thing I always get confused on. So, but yeah, so that's our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. So, next up, last but not least, we have our Patreon supporters. So, without them individually supporting us with their hard earned moolah, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast possible, and also. This means that we have more money from orders to be able to do stuff like command box, forge box, cold box, conti box, test box, and all the other boxes except for uh Box.com and URL Box because those <laughs> are nice. <us. laughs> but uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreoncom solutions. and the cool thing is we have a lot of different perks for actually being a member uh, of our Patreon system. So we do have annual memberships now. So if you pay for the year, you save ten percent, which is great for businesses uh, or just those people who don't want to have a monthly recurring bill. But the, the benefits are that on the orders community website, which is community.ordersolutions.com, you have your own little profile badge when you're on the site. You also have a private forum um, for your own private access on the community website too. So just for Patreon subscribers. And then if you're a bronze package or higher, you get that Forgebox Pro and CFK subscription as a perk for your Patreon subscription. So basically one subscription, you get a couple of different tools included. So that's pretty neat. So um, yeah, definitely some perks to it, and we really appreciate it. And like I said, that just means that your support allows us to do more things, and we're grateful for that. And hopefully, we're building great tools that you guys are uh, happy to have in the community.
1: Yes, definitely very, very important. I think we are all as a community, and we try to do as much as we can, um, you know, out of our own hearts and our own wallets. But uh, your help, your really, really, really goes a long way. We really are good stewards of everything that comes in, and and try to make sure that everything's running and everything's available for folks.
0: Yep, for sure. So you want to read off those Patreon names? And say thank you.
1: John Wilson, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Jay Sulp, Giancarlo Gomez, David Belanger, Jonathan Parrott, Jeffrey McGee, Dean Maunder, Joseph Lamery, Don Bellamy, Jan Yannick, Laxma Turtohadi, did I get that right, right, Gavin? Um, Tur- Tohadi.
0: Not sure. Close enough. I remember
1: Laxma though. He's a cool guy. Uh, Carl von Steven, Dan Carr, Jeremy Adams, Jordan Clark, Matthew Clemente, Daniel Garcia, Scott Steinbeck, Ben Nadel, Mingo Hagen, Brett Deline, Kate Koenig, Charlie Earhart, Jonas Erickson, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Sean Odin, Matthew Darby, Ross Phillips, Edgardo Cabezas, Patrick Flynn, Stephanie Monge. Kevin Wright, and Stephen Klotz.
0: Very cool. You can see a list of all the sponsors on the Order S- Solutions website at autosolutions.com slash about-us slash sponsors. So, yeah, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate your... Uh- your hard-earned money, but we also appreciate all those who give us issues, pull requests, documentation, updates, all of that helps the community and helps us to to do our part to help the community. So, we thank each and every one of you. And thanks for everyone joining us in the chat today. We had a, a little bit of a conversation going in there, lots of links and sharing and everything, so I really appreciate it. So, cool. well, thank you, Luis, for joining us. We know you're a busy, busy man boxing around. Um, so, <laughs>
1: yes working on a new cobox release so stay tuned
0: very cool so we'll have that up for you guys uh, as soon as it's ready and thanks everybody for joining us and we'll catch you all next week
1: all right bye have guys have a good one everybody bye, bye show
0: notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizerdie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like spotify or itunes We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audience.